Welcome to the King's Cast. Dynamic teaching recorded live at King's Church in Cambridge, England. We hope you are blessed and challenged by listening to the ministry today. And now, here's the broadcast. That's 2 Timothy chapter 3. Well, I just wanted to look this morning at something I just, I felt the Lord speak to me about this word in the, one of the things that, there's a real buzz at the moment around some individuals in the church and some of us that we really are anticipating 2015 to be an amazing year and for God to continue to do some of the things he's doing. At the end of last year, there's a lot more testimonies we could tell of what God's been doing here, but we just don't have the time to share it. And um, I'm just... I'm just in anticipation of what God is doing. One of the reasons for the conference is to encourage and release more of what God wants to do. And um, I, I really believe we're going to see a greater measure. I noticed um, when we started to go to the streets and pray for the sick and do different things and pushing ourselves out of the boat, I noticed that the more we did it, the later in the year, the more God revealed himself. It was the more I give, the more he was prepared to give. And I've really noticed that in the character of God, and I'm sure it will continue. But I'm not going to preach today on the power of God moving, or praying for the sick, or all these kind of things, because I really believe that at the start of a new year, we want to push for this. We want to see God move. I want to encourage the church to step out. But I actually believe that one vital thing that we all need to do and be prepared for this year is to make sure we don't dismiss the Word of God. The Word of God, reading the Bible, is just as important as doing all of these other things. Because if you haven't got the Word of God in you, then you're not going to be much use. So I can talk forever and a day about uh, supernatural and all these things, but the key is this, relationship with God, and through that is listen to him by your spirit, time of worship, all these different things, but also reading your Bible. And some of you thinking now, oh no, it's that time when we get told we need to read the Bible again. That Bible that's got a bit of dust on the shelf at home that you've not read for a long, long time. Or if you're like me, I've picked up Bibles across through the years. Many different people have given me different versions. I've got that many versions. Sometimes I'm not sure which one to choose. And it's like that, isn't it? Sometimes we we get where we read in the Bible and we think, I'm going to go and get another one. Maybe this one's a bit easier to read. And we end up with a, a library of Bibles. In some countries, they just want one. don't they? They just want one book. They would cherish one book, but yet we've got lots of different colored leathers and bindings and electronic ones these days. But I want to encourage you, for 2015, we need to make sure, and it's not just hearing the preaching on Sundays, but we need to make sure that we address our devotional time with God and reading the Word of God. Because it is important, you will see a greater release of God through your life if you take in some of this advice, I'm going to look this morning at, there's quite a bit to read, but 2 Timothy chapter 3 verse 1, where Timothy 
In his second epistle, he's speaking from, we believe, from prison. And he's giving his final charge to Timothy, the pastor of the church in Ephesus. He's giving his final instruction. In other words, we all know that the final words from someone who's, he says, I'm about to die. I'm, this is it. My time's coming up. That end word, you know, we've seen the films when someone's breathing their last breath on the bed and everyone's waiting in anticipation what they're going to say. You know, what are they going to give this final word of instruction? This is it, this letter. I'd encourage you to read the whole thing. But 2 Timothy 3 is the letter from Paul to Timothy of encouraging him. He starts by this. It says, verse 1, it says, But mark this. There will be terrible times in the last days. It's interesting that he says in the last days to him, and you think, well, that he was encouraging him what it's going to be like for him as a pastor. But yet, we know that he's not in the last days now. The last days effectively started pretty much then. Sometimes we say in the last days, we are in the end times, I believe. But right then and there, the last days were kicking off. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, and not lovers of good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power, have nothing to do with such people. Now move to verse 10. You, however, Paul speaking to Timothy, know all about my teaching, my way of life, my purpose, faith, patient, love, endurance. He likes lists, doesn't he? Persecutions, sufferings. What kinds of things happened to me in Antioch, Iconium, and Lystra? The persecutions I endured, yet the Lord rescued me from all of them. In fact, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. Put that one on your fridge. Everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted persecuted. While evildoers and imposters will go from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. But as for you, Timothy, continuing what you've learned and have become convinced of, because you know those from who you learned it, and how from infancy you have known the holy scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through uh, faith in Christ Jesus. All scripture is God-breathed. In other words, people say to you, you believe in a book that is written by people? Yes, but it was inspired by the Holy Spirit. The formulation of the book, the word of God was brought together. Yes, it was written by people. You'll find even grammatical errors in the Bible. You'll find things that don't seem to sum up sometimes exactly as you would want them to. But these things, doesn't that show the, the, the frailty of human, of mankind? God chose to use you to, to put a vessel made of clay and put treasure inside of you, but you're not perfect, are you? 
And in the Bible we see this. He says all scripture is God breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting and training in righteousness. So that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. There you go. You need, if you need to be equipped, you need the, the word of God. Not the best CD on TBN or God TV or the next conference even. The word of God. Move to chapter 4, verse 1. It says, he says, in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who will judge the living and the dead, and in view of his appearing and his kingdom, I give you this charge. Preach the word. Be prepared in season and out of season. Correct, rebuke, and encourage with great patience and careful instruction. Listen to this, for the time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want them to hear. They will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to myths. But you, keep your head in all situations. Endure hardship, do the work of an evangelist, and discharge all the duties of your ministry. Sorry for the long bit of scripture reading there, but I really believe this has got some beautiful stuff in it that we can pull out this morning and look at. As I said, it's Paul writing from, we believe, at prison and writing to Timothy this final charge before he's about to face death. It's not, um, it's not written in scripture, but they believe he was, he was hung upside down by the time when, when Nero was in operation. But it's believed that Paul also suffered a crucifixion or a, 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 sorry, a beheading of the time. And so we're listening to someone here. Just get this. We're listening to a letter from someone who's telling Timothy. He's about to run the, he's running the Ephesus church. He's got this, this, this job on. And he's getting a word of instruction from someone who says, I'm about to die. And by the way, you, to, to run a church and to be a Christian, you're going to get persecuted. How many of you would, dis, would throw that tip to the back of the pile in the car? I shouldn't say tips. Why did I say tips? No one knows what tips are these days. Throw the CD to the back of the car. You wouldn't want to listen to someone who's going to talk about that. By the way, Timothy, I'm going to give you a final instruction. By the way, I'm about to die. So things are not good. And by the way, if you're a Christian, you've got to expect persecution. Would you want to listen to his advice saying, listen, you know, stick to the word of God. There's going to be people around that are lovers of pleasure. They think about themselves more than anyone else. But I'm telling you, they may have a form of godliness. But I'm encouraging you, it's not real. I'm encouraging you that a form of godliness that you should know is that expect that life's not good sometimes. You're going to get persecuted. It's tough. And you're going to face battles. But stick to the word of God, the truth. We sung this morning. I thought the words in some of the songs were amazing in line with what I'm saying today. I am happy I'm in the truth. The truth. I'll tell you today, there are going to be times in the future, in the last days, when churches, churches, let me tell you, Christian churches, are going to be preaching 
things to make what their itching ears want them to hear that sound like brilliant stuff. And they will not talk about you being persecuted. They'll not talk about the bad times because that doesn't encourage you to, to come along. I tell you, the choice that we have, what we're doing as a church, to go to the streets and do all the things we're doing in this next year, I'll tell you, it's not the best outreach, uh, outreach for people to come and join our church sometimes. It's not an attractive model to tell people to come along and it's tough and it's hard work. It's not. So you can have a choice. There'll be times that come along when you can run to what the, he describes as myths. These things that just, they scratch that spiritual, spiritual itch for you. But that's all it does. And I want to encourage you today that Paul gives this amazing advice to make sure he goes back to the Holy Scriptures to look at truth. To see, he says, look at my life, the ones who, who've taught you. Look at us. Paul describes three types, I believe, of guidance we can choose to direct our past. That is, the word coming from somewhere. Three types I, I, I identified. One is directed by the words of people speaking into your life. You live off what people have to say who are not believers, who are lovers of themselves more than anything else. He first starts off with that. He says there's going to be people in the last days who have a form of godliness and they're all these things. They've got these bad characteristics about them and you could listen to these people and let them be the ones who speak into your life. There's one type of word. You know tomorrow when you wake up, what you say, what does that mean for me? You go into work tomorrow and there's people around you who you look at their life. Sometimes you look at the good things, the bad things, and some of the advice they give. And you think, I don't know, maybe it's better to look at the way they live rather than church. I'm not sure, you know, maybe they're getting a better life than me. I'm going to listen and let them speak into my life. Number two, we can have... Be directed by words of those who have a faith in Christianity. They have a faith in Christ, but they're the ones who like to listen to shallow Christianity. The things that is, is not going to tell you that persecutions are going to come. It's all just nice comfort Christianity. I'm not bought, I'm not going for that stuff. Because Paul's telling us, right on the deathbed, facing death, he's saying that you're going to have this stuff. It's the truth. And the word of God tells you this. Finally, number three, I believe the other type of word that does not withhold truth is the word of God itself. Read it. Don't be directed by those in shallow Christianity who will pick and choose what they want out of the word. Pick and choose and present to you. Read it for yourself. Because you will find that the truth is there. It's right there in front of you. The word of God. In the Lord's Prayer, we say this. Give us today our daily bread. I want to ask you today, what bread are you eating? What bread are you eating? Give us today our daily bread. 
What bread are you eating? Because it's the word of God. The title of my message today is, you are what you eat. You are what you eat. If you're like me, I like a pizza. So it's quite ironic that I've put that up. I like a lot of fast food. It's quick. And Christmas has just finished, isn't it? And you see, I think Steve mentioned it last week, the gyms are filling up and you know, Emma in our house at the moment, she is, for Christmas, she got this little thing. It's like a watch. And it's called a fit bug. Sounds terrible, doesn't it? She wears this thing and her sister got it her and she can, it detects, it's got something inside it that detects when she's doing certain things. It even knows when she's laying down and going to sleep. And then when she gets up, it tells her how many steps. She keeps coming to me every day and it talks to her little app on her phone and it says how many steps she's done in a day. And I'm like, I don't need to know how many steps she's done in a day. Then she's got another app that tells her when she scans in the products in our kitchen cupboards of what calories and content are in certain things. And I'm there busy eating all the chocolates. And she's scanning. I'm thinking, why bother with all that, you know? But she's, she's into this. You know, bless her. She wants, she wants to do this and, and it's good. It's good to do. But many people are into this kind of, of, of looking at the labels and checking stuff out. You see it in the supermarket. I mean, I did it one time. I got a bit bored of it. It took so long to do the shopping. Picking every item up and checking what the calories are and checking what's in it. But number one today I want to say is this. Always read the label. Always read the label. Many of us buy foods. You'll see most of us going to the shops, we don't read the labels. We don't look at the nutritional facts on the back. You you buy a pizza, you buy whatever it is, you don't look at the little small print. It's so small, it's too tiring to read. So you buy what looks attractive. And you don't read the nutritional facts. And I want to tell you today, it's the same in your spiritual life. It is exactly the same. He said there will be people, people, lovers of themselves, people around you, they look like they've got it together. They've got a form of godliness. They look pretty cool. But he he, he describes, can't you remember, he describes in that passage all their characteristics, how bad these people are deep inside. And I want to tell you today, there's people who are speaking into your life, friends around you, that you're not reading the word of God maybe, and they're speaking into your life. You're letting their direction direct your path for this year maybe. And I want to encourage you today, look closer at their life's label. Look at the, new, look at the nutritional facts. It may look like a nice thing to eat. It may look like something good to you. But deep down, what are the characteristics of their life? You see, if you notice Paul, he says to Timothy, he says, in the last days are going to be people like this, lovers of themselves, and blah, blah, blah. He says, look at all these things. He says, they'll have a form of godliness. In other words, it'll look good, but they deny its power. But look, Timothy, look closer at their lives. Look at it. Look at all these nasty things that are behind the roots of who they are. Because that's where your advice will come from. I'm telling you different. I'm telling you not to listen to these people, he says. Watch out for these people. They've got a form of godliness. 
but they deny its power. I want to encourage you, spend some time sometimes to look at these people and decide sometimes who you might need to cut out of your life. And that can sometimes mean certain friendships. Certain people who you've been allowing to talk to your life. I've had them before, I've had people, and they can mean all well. But some of the advice, you just think, is this really coming? I'll tell you what, the Bible is just full of good advice. It's full of it. You want to know, you don't need to just go to, 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 to the bookshop, Christian Bookshop in Cambridge, to find a book for each thing. Everything is there. It was inspired and God-breathed and brought together to give you the ability to live out your Christian walk. Someone once said, Bible means basic instructions before leaving earth. It's probably quite true. see appearances to you look like everything you see the the quick meal from Tesco's and you don't read the nutritional facts and some of your friends you think wow their lives look so good they look so good I I, I, I think I I might need to just stop reading so much and do some of what they're doing because they seem to be blessed in what they do Paul says Read the nutritional facts. Read their label. He says they're boastful, proud, and abusive, disobedient, ungrateful, and unholy, without love, unforgiving and slanderous, and without self-control, and not lovers of good. Someone who has a form of godliness but denies its power like this, Who has these characteristics in their life. Let me tell you what they are. They're like an atheist. There's someone. I meet plenty of people on the streets who say. I'm an atheist. I'm an atheist. I don't believe. And I always say to them. You've got more faith than me. Because you know look around you. You know. You've got more faith than I have to believe there's nothing. Just look around you. But they're really atheists. These people who have a form of godliness but deny its power. In other words, they're trying to create the image but they don't. They live like God doesn't exist. They live like there's no real power in it. They really live like Jesus is still in the grave and he's dead. They live like there was no power of resurrection that brought life and now demands our soul and demands us to live a life of righteousness. No, they live like Jesus has died and it's just a religion and it's not really real. Psalm 14 verse 1 says, the fool says in his heart, there is no God. The fool says in his heart that there is no God. I want to encourage you, cut off some of these relationships for 2015 that may be speaking to your life. They are acting on behalf of the word of God. You let them encourage you more. You see, church, coming to church on Sunday every week is not enough. Just to hear a message from, from me or anyone is not enough to keep you sustained. You've got to be getting the word of God. 
2 Corinthians 6 verse 14 says, don't team up. Paul says this, don't team up with those who are unbelievers. How can righteousness be a partner with wickedness? And how can light live with darkness? Don't associate yourselves with them. You know, you might say sometimes that's hard because how can I uh, have friendships with people in the world if you're, say, if you're saying I can't, how can I reach people if you're saying I've got to not associate with them? It's not about associating or meeting up with them. I meet up with lots of people who don't believe in Jesus and I love it. But I, the moment that they start to speak into my life, and try and direct me other than the word of God. That's where the alarm bells ring. There is the difference. You see when you go out into the streets or into your lives. And tell people about Jesus. You're supposed to be salt and light. If the salt loses its saltiness. It's not useful for anything. And the moment that someone begins to have a stronger condiment than you. That you're no longer the salt. You're no longer the, the taste that they can taste. And they, they are now being the condiment for your life. There's something wrong. How can light live with darkness? Some of us need to cut some of these relationships. And you say, well, that, that's nasty to say that. No, we need to stop. We need to get out. If they're trying to encourage and impose on our faith. Because the true word of God, if you read the Bible, will speak deeper than they will. Don't let their ungodly advice detract you from the advice of God's word. Colossians 2 verse 8 says, Don't let anyone capture you with empty philosophies and high-sounding nonsense that comes from human thinking. And from the spiritual powers of this world, rather than from Christ. For in Christ lives all the fullness of God in a human body. If their advice becomes more powerful to you than the creator himself, then there's something wrong. We need to get back to the word. Paul says to Timothy, I've showed you that you need to read the life's label of these people. Look at their characters. Look at what they portray. But he then says this. He says, you know all about my teaching, my way of life, my purpose, faith, patience, love, and endurance persecution, sufferings, what kinds of things happen to me. In other words, Paul says this now. He says, I'm telling you and encouraging you not to be led by such people, but to look closely at their lives. But secondly, look at my label. Look at my nutritional fact, should I say. Look at the things you know that my teaching, it comes from someone who is prepared to live and die for the faith. You know that I, my purpose and faith and patience, can't you see these things? And you know I'm telling you truth when I say you will be persecuted. In other words, Paul says, 
my life's label that I'm telling you about, it validates the teaching. It validates what you've been taught. Number two is avoid the junk food. Avoid the junk food. An increasing problem in today's society, and you see it more and more, the busier we all get, we want to eat junk food. We want to eat things that are quick, fast. I mean, recently I've been to McDonald's more times, and I know I shouldn't. Burger King's better, but there are more burger places in Cambridge. Statistics say this, listen, it says, by the year 2050, the rate of obesity in the U.S. alone is expected to reach 42%, according to researchers at a university. Obesity increases your risk for cardiovascular disease, diabetes, and many other chronic health conditions. Sounds pretty bad, doesn't it? Junk food is probably one of the key things to obesity. And one of the things in junk food that you'll find, and it's true, it's full of sugar and salt. Most of the time you can't taste either of them because they cancel each other out. But it's full of these things that's addictive to the brain. And we want these quick short blasts of a bit of junk food and Mars a day helps you work, rest and play. But boy oh boy, after you've had it for an hour, you feel like you need another one. Every time we go to McDonald's, we have a McDonald's and Em says, we've had our meal for the day. I said, are you joking? By the time I drove home, I get home, I'm ready for a meal. It's worn off. There's nothing there. There's no substance. It's just junk. Sorry, McDonald's. But it's true. You take the burger out of a Big Mac and take the sauce off and it tastes like a ceiling tile. There's nothing there. The sauce is enough to disguise the taste. And it's true. We get these things because they're quick, drive through. And in our spiritual lives, it's the same. We all, some of us start treating our Christianity and our walk like a McJesus. We go in quickly, get, get what we need straight back out again. But then really when, when things come and trials come and problems come, boy oh boy, we think, well, we've not really got much nutrition. Avoid the junk food. Let me look. We read it early, but I'm going to show you in the message where it says in 2 Timothy 4, verses 3 to 5. Paul says to Timothy this, you're going to find that there will be times when people will have no stomach for solid teaching, but will fill up on spiritual junk food, catchy opinions that tickle their fancy. They'll turn their backs on truth and chase mirages. But you keep your eye on what you're doing. Accept the hard times along with the good. You don't hear that in some places. Keep the message alive and do a thorough job as God's servant. In other words, he says this. I'm talking now about not the ones who maybe have this form of godliness but deny its power. They're really atheists and they live bad lives and they're trying to direct you. I'm talking about some Christians. Some people who are believers in Jesus. 
And it says in the last days, times will get so to the point where everyone's busy. Everyone wants the gospel of Jesus. They want a quick thing, quick fix to feel good. But I'm telling you this. If you were to have uh, any junk food, and I said within moments, within a few hours, you're ready for some more because it's not full, it's not filled your stomach properly. It's not doing the work it needs in your body to function. If I was to eat some junk food and then get on the bike and ride a big cycle ride, I'm going to need more energy. I'm going to need more in my body. And some of us who will live a spiritual life where we seek advice and take advice from, from Christians who want that shallow perspective of everything's good and you just get a short blast of sugar. If you get just that, I'll tell you what's going to happen. The same what happens when I'm on my bike and I have something like that. When trouble comes, Paul said it, he says, It's going to be difficult when trouble comes and it's hard and it's difficult. Your energy, your spiritual sugars that you've just took in are not going to last two minutes. They're not going to last two minutes. You'll be hit so hard. The Bible talks about the ones who build their houses on strong foundations. And those who build it on sand, they're two types of Christians, not the world and a Christian. They're two types of people, one who takes the truth and builds strong foundations. And I want to encourage you today, church, moving into 2015, what we need is the word of God, the truth that says it's going to be hard sometimes, that says it's not going to be easy. But when you fill yourself with the Word of God, its nutritional value is so good and so strong that when trouble comes, you know that you've got strength. Hallelujah. He says... Accept the hard times along with the good. In other words, you're going to have some difficult challenges. Let me tell you, 2015 is going to be bright, but it's going to be a bit dark sometimes. It's going to be hard. Don't chase these things, these, he says, catchy opinions that tickle their fancy. Oh, we all like them, don't we? They scratch the spiritual itch. They make us feel good. By the time you get home from a Sunday meeting, you're thinking, boy, I feel rubbish. I felt good for the hour, but now I feel a bit rubbish. I'll tell you what, just my, the time I preach today is not enough. Get into the Word of God. Read the truth. And when it says that you're going to have difficult times, believe it. But by His Spirit, He will help you. He will help you. I don't want to chase catchy opinions that take my fancy. I don't want to chase things that sound good and they don't really have much substance. Because when my energy is zapped by the things of this life, I want to still have something that my body can cling on to. The Word of God. And the NIV puts it like this. He says people will no longer listen to sound and wholesome teaching. In other words, wholesome food. Something that's got lots of nutritional benefit. 
He then goes on, Paul, to say this. He says they'll listen to catchy opinions. They'll want to get these quick fixes like spiritual junk food. But he says this, they'll turn their backs on the truth and they'll be chasing what he describes in the message as chasing mirages. I don't know if you know what a mirage is, but a mirage is this. If you've ever seen programs where someone's wandering through the desert and they're waiting for that pool of water. And the sun that is heating on the ground and the refraction of light on the the desert and what they see ahead, it looks like there's a big pool of water. And then they get there, but it never comes. And they keep looking and the atmospheric conditions of what causes a mirage makes people want to keep walking and keep chasing, but it never comes. Paul describes it in this way. He says it's like a mirage. He says it's like people, when they follow after this teaching, this shallow teaching, are chasing mirages. Something that appears to be good, but it's never really there. If you look at what a mirage is, it says an optical illusion caused by atmospheric conditions. Paul says people will chase They'll chase this kind of teaching that tickles their fancy and they'll look to it, but it really has no substance. They'll never get fulfillment. They'll never get to the the water where they can, like we want them to do in these films, run and jump into the big pool of water. They found some wallet. No, they never find it because it's not there. Paul's advice in all of this is this. Keep your eye, son. Keep your eye, Timothy, on what you're doing and accept the hard times along with the good. Today, the gospel, the word of God has become watered down. I tell you, it's becoming more watered down. The more we approach the last days, the gospel becomes more watered. And there's churches today, there's some stuff I hear from some people that describe this characteristic of of a lifestyle of grace that seems to say anything goes and you don't have to worry. That sin, you don't have to worry about your sin because Jesus paid it on the cross. Yes, he did. But you have to repent. You have to come before him. You have to come before him and say, Lord, I want to have this forgiveness from you and acknowledge who he is. Because if we start to live like this, we start to live this liberal life that anything goes and we should feel happy all the time. It's just not true. Accept the hard times along with the good. He says... I don't know if you're chasing these kind of mirages. You're chasing and you're looking. As I've described, it's like junk food. Are you chasing these things, but you never get in there? I'm encouraging you today not to seek after these things, but to get the word of God, the truth inside of you. He says that a mirage is, is made up by atmospheric conditions. Let me tell you, there's some people today, and in the last days, they're going to be bringing people around them, creating atmospheric conditions, creating atmospheres that have all the ingredients to attract someone from a distance. And then they get there and think, I'm not really fed. I'm not really fed. All they saw is something that looked like it was the truth, but it wasn't from a distance. 
And I want to encourage you today as a church, we want to be someone, when they walk in here, they haven't got to a mirage. They've not got to a place where it looks like a fake, something that they thought they saw. But it's actually something where they can be fed. That they can come in and they can drink from the rivers of life. They can eat the bread that Jesus spoke about when he said about the prayer to eat his daily bread. That's the kind of thing we want. Finally, apply a balanced diet. Paul's charge to Timothy. He says this, but as for you, Timothy, continue in what you've learnt and have become convinced of because you know those who you've learned it from and have known from infancy you've known the holy scriptures which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. Paul instructs Timothy here. This is the best bit of advice he gives. He says, watch out for these kind of things. Watch out for the ones who have a form of godliness. They don't really have any. They're really atheists. Secondly, watch out for the the Christians who live a watered-down version. They don't really speak truth. But thirdly, I'm going to tell you the best advice you can do. Look at my life. Read my label. Read who I am. You've seen, you know that you've seen that it's, it's not just me coming up with great ideas that will tickle your fancy. But this is truth. But the main thing is this. The scriptures that you've learned from infancy, from young, make sure you apply yourselves to these. Because I'll tell you the By doing that, by having a lifestyle in this church in 2015 that's by the Spirit and the Word. So it's moving in the Spirit, seeing signs and wonders, a life of prayer, but also a life of reading the Word of God and absorbing the Word of God. It's a balanced diet. There's nothing I want more in this church than a balanced church. A church that, and we're not there yet. Do you think that I look at our church and think everything's together? My whole life now is going to be a job of constantly trying to make this church become, with the help of God, without him I could do nothing, but to make sure we're a balanced church, that people get a balanced diet. And, I, and please forgive me if you're saying, ah, well, he doesn't speak into my area. He doesn't do the things I want to do. Well, I'm trying and I'm going to get there. But one of my objectives is always this, is never to be too swayed to one side and always talking about one thing. I want to make sure we have the balance because with this, it's the best fruit for you to have the best Christian life. It is. You can't go to the streets if you haven't got the word in you. If you don't pray and fast and have good close communion with God, what use are you? There's no use at all. If you don't know Christianity, you need to get on Christianity Explore course to introduce you to Christianity. There's no point going to the streets if you don't know who Jesus is. So all these things are factors and it's a learning curve for us all, but I believe we have a great future ahead of us if we're saying we want to be a balanced church. I mean, come on. There's some places I'll visit and they're not. They're too heavy swayed on one thing and everyone's getting tired and fatigued and got no idea what to do. But a a balanced church is what we need. We always need to strive for that, that balanced diet. And he says, and he gives this advice, he says, make sure the things you learn from infancy and you've heard us teach, you've seen through the lives of us who've taught it to you, 
He says, look at us. Make sure you get this because it's where truth is. It's where balance is. It's where you'll get nutrition. You'll not get quick fixes. You'll get the real truth. Matthew 4, verse 4, when Jesus is in the desert and Satan tempts him, he responds to this. He says, when, when the devil tries to tempt him to, to turn the stones to bread, he says this, he says, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. In other words, you can have all these things and spectacular and the miraculous and changing this. Uh, yeah, that could be done. But I'll tell you what, there's more than turning that into, into bread. There's more if I receive the word of God first. When you receive it, he says he left the desert after this time of testing and he went in the power of the Spirit. He'd, he'd been tested. He'd said, I'm not going to do any, any supernatural stuff here. Because I'm going to, he says, I'm going to tell you it's more important for me to receive the word of God first. Because when I do, when I leave the desert, boy oh boy, the test is going to prove good. Because I'm going to walk out in the power of the spirit. And he walked out and sure did he show the people the power of his father. Hallelujah. I come to a close if the team want to be ready to come back up. You know, I'm not going to call people to come forward today because this message is, is literally about, as I said, you are what you eat. You know what you're eating. You know what daily bread you're getting. I've got no idea sometimes. I know what I'm getting. I know what sometimes I need to eat more of. We all need to learn, don't we? I do too. There's certain things sometimes I think I need to listen and be reading more than listen to certain things. I need to sometimes switch the TV off and be listening and be reading the word of God. And this is a word. I always believe this. I preach to myself every week as well as you. Because I need to. We all need to be doing this together. We've got an amazing future ahead of us, church. So exciting, isn't it? I want to just give some a couple of practical tips before I finish today. I'm not going to call anyone forward for prayer because my prayer to you is not going to make you read your Bible. It's not going to do anything like that. It needs to come from within, doesn't it? It needs to start here inside. But I, I picked the words of Peter Cavana. I never used to ring through my ears every time he used to say it. He used to say this. He'd say, you ask yourself the question, what Bible should I read? And he used to say this. The, which translation am I going to read, he used to say. And he said, read the translation you're going to read, or you can read. And some of us, we've got that many choices at home, we don't know. It's, it's such a daunting thing to start reading again, because the first problem is, is, which one am I going to read? If it's helpful, just put all the others away and leave one out and just read that one. But choose the one that you can read, the translation. Worship CDs are great, DVDs are great, all these amazing things we can have on our shelves at home. But the Bible, the Word of God, is the thing that's going to sustain you more than anything. Hand His Word by His Spirit as well in our lives. Mark Twain said this quote, The best cure for Christianity is reading the Bible. 
you ask a high percentage, even leaders sometimes, they'll tell you that, they'll probably tell you they're not reading their Bible enough. And I want to encourage you today, get back into the Word. Get back into the Word. In Ezekiel chapter 3, before Ezekiel goes to speak into Israel, before he goes and to, to speak into a nation that has disregarded God, God says to him, eat the scroll first, eat my word. He says, eat it. Ezekiel 3 verse 1. He said to me, son of man, eat what is before you. Eat this scroll, then go and speak to the people. So I opened my mouth and he gave me the scroll to eat. Then he said to me, son of man, eat this scroll. I'm giving you and fill your stomach with it. Not spiritual junk. Fill your stomach with this. So I ate it and it tasted as sweet as honey in my mouth. Then he said, son of man, go now to the people of Israel and speak my words to them. You've got to get some stuff inside of you before you start doing some work. And you can do that in your own time. But I'm telling you today, just read the translation, read the Bible you've got. There's also just little tips I'd encourage you is that it's good to, to tell people about this if you don't know. But there are apps that you can get on your phone. I've got one on mine on, on the iPad or any device you have. But you get an app. There's one particular one. It's called version. You version, that's Y-O-U. Yeah, some people have got it. You version, it's a free app. And that will give you uh, the Bible straight to your phone in every translation. It gets even more confusing, doesn't it? But these are good tools to, to use in this, in this age today. Another thing that I'd encourage you, if you say, I find it hard to read. I know some people, just some people in my family say, never mind the Bible. I'm just not a reader. I don't like reading. So why not get a, you can get some very, very good audio Bibles as well that will allow you to listen at home or listen in the car when you're going to different places. Maybe look at those as well. Another, a, a very good one that I've used in the past is called The Bible Experience. Fantastic. The Bible Experience. Audio downloads. All these things are going to give you the ability to start getting the Word of God. Maybe tomorrow, say, I'm not going to put the, the CD on. I'm going to put this on instead. And let's start filling ourselves with His Word so that we can go to our streets and our families and release what's inside of us. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for listening. And we trust that the Word of God has inspired you today. For further information about King's Church or to access our large archive of other recordings, go to www.kingscambridge.org. If you're listening on iTunes, we would love you to leave us some feedback. God bless and goodbye.